0: Live at 5 Sports of Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim, your column today uh, talks about the Twins and as they get set for the second half of the season. Uh, Many of us remember kind of the collapse last year uh, after they were in first place almost the whole year. And then September came and too many injuries kind of weighed them down uh, at the end. Talk about your column a little bit today and, and the Twins kind of front office and managerial.
1: Yeah, I uh, just got this feeling around Target Field last year. The clubhouse is very tense. Um, you know, I thought Fowley was a little tense. Some other Twins executives I talked to were kind of uptight. I talked to Joe Polad, the executive chair, and he, you know, he did not rule out the possibility that there will be changes if this team doesn't turn around. He talked about urgency and really wanting this team to prove that it can not only win a win a bad division but win the playoff series, mm-hmm. and. It's really to me, the most tense I've felt this organization since maybe the last days the last year of Ron Garden hire when you know we kind of all knew that might be it for him if the team didn't win, it was a bad team, and you know Guardy knew it was coming, and it, you know it's a, kind of a an icky feeling to be around you know yeah. you, you know whatever you think of of when you do my job, whatever you think of people well I will say i will not say I don't want anybody to lose their job, but in general you don't like to see people lose their jobs. And I, I really like Falvey, Baldelli, I like this organization. So, you know, I'm not I'm not rooting for them to get fired. But it was the first time, that last week was the first time I felt like, uh-oh, it feels like some jobs are on the line here and they better win and maybe win big the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, and it's in them, it seems. But they've been in, is it still hitting in, in bad luck? Uh, are they in a funk? Or is this who the Twins hitters really are?
1: That's the question, Um, and there, it really to me comes down to Correa, Buxton, Polanco. Those are the three veteran hitters. Uh, They invested money in them. They should be that. All of them should be batting somewhere between one and five in the order. All of them should be run producers. All of them should be clutch performance, and they should all be leading the offense. And Polanco has been hurt. Buxton has been disappointing. Correa has been terrible, and. If those three perform at their career averages and stay healthy the rest of the way, I could see this team you know, winning the division by five, five six games and being dangerous in the playoffs. If they don't, I don't know where they're going to get the help from. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to trade for a, a major bat. Uh, I don't think they want to deplete the farm system anymore. Uh, they have people on the roster who should be hitting or aren't hitting, so a trade might not even help them. They just need the guys – they have now to you know, to take better at bats. It's that simple.
0: End of the month is the trade deadline so we've got about two weeks here before that occurs. Uh, is it possible the Twins shift from uh, maybe not being so involved or possibly being buyers into sellers if it goes south here among them in the next two weeks?
1: I don't see them selling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see them buying anything expensive. Mm-hmm. I think they will add Bit pieces. I, I don't think they're going to touch their top prospects to try to improve this team. Um, because again, they have five good starting pitchers. They have an all-star closer. They have the makings of a good bullpen if people are healthy. They have the makings of a good lineup if people do what they usually do. And they have in eating up the uh, DH spot, so it's hard to bring in just a pure Nelson Cruz type. Um, and yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think they want to trade Royce Lewis or Brooks Lee. So I could see him trading Kepler or Gallo or lesser prospects, but if you trade those guys, you're not getting Paul Goldschmidt. You're getting, you know, a, more of a role player. So I, I think they'll. I I could see them adding a bullpen arm. I could maybe see them adding or changing faces in the lineup, uh, but I don't think it's going to be anything major.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, Paul Goldschmidt's name has been referenced a little bit in association with the Twins cuz it does appear as though they have they could use a, a you know, obviously a slugger but a first baseman as well would be a decent fit. You'd probably have to ship out a major leaguer if they were going to pursue him. What might a trade for a Paul Goldschmidt does somebody of that caliber look like for the Twins?
1: Well, they would I think the Cardinals would want one or two top prospects and then some other considerations. Mm-hmm. So I think it would take Royce Lewis or Brooks Lee or both, or one of those two and another good prospect and maybe a current big leaguer, and I just don't see the Twins doing that uh, for a guy who uh, he's still a very good hitter, but he has his lowest OPS since he was a rookie. Uh, he might be near the end of his prime, uh, and he has one year left in contract. You, know, you, you just can't afford to trade for Paul Goldschmidt and then have Brooks Lee become a 10-year all-star someplace else.
0: So they would only look at the top of the Twins' prospect list. They wouldn't consider, say, a, a Walder who the Twins don't feel like apparently is going to fit in their plans.
1: I, I still think Walder could fit in their plans. Mm-hmm. I think one of the considerations here is that, uh, listen, we're all—I think everybody's sick of watching Max Kepler take at bats, and we're, I think we're all sick of Joey Gallo striking out. And <laughs> I think they can be second. The front office can be second-guessed for bringing in Gallo, who's kind of more of what they already had, which is strike out guys who have to home runs to be valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, Walner, I think, is a big league hitter. I think their concern with him is they don't think he's a big league fielder right now, and they aren't sure. they. I really think Falvey's having trouble uh, saying, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet on Kepler, get rid of him, put my faith in Walner, but Walner's not going to field well, and we aren't sure he's going to hit in the big leagues over the rest of the year. I mean, he had a really nice stretch going at the end of his last stay. I think he's going to hit big league pitching, but do you know he's going to do it right now? You know, um, and then Kepler had a recent burst. I don't really trust it, but he did have a recent burst where he looked like a better hitter. Um, you know, it's one—it's just one of those classic moves where people on the outside, it's very easy for, for us to get rid of Max Kepler. Uh, when you're actually making the decision, you have to have a lot of faith in the guys going to replace him. And I think they – have hope that Walner will be good. I'm not sure they're sure he's going to be good right now.
0: Cantueta okay, to pitching tonight for the Twins in Oakland. Uh, the Scottish Open is this week. Uh, eight of the top ten in the world are there. Uh, it's a PGA European Tour or uh, World Golf Tour uh, kind of a co-op event. Uh, it wasn't one that was that well attended in the past, but they pumped up the prize money. They're really trying to push the Scottish Open. Boy, quite a field. Should be fun to watch this
1: weekend. It should be. And and it makes a lot of sense to go play that style of golf in that climate to prepare for the British. Um, And (laughs) these these guys do respond to money. It really is that simple. They respond to money. You know, the chance to, I mean, they, you know, I think McElroy or somebody was recently talking, you know, I can't remember if it was on the record or kind of more of somebody sharing what they had overheard, but Mm. the sentiment among some key players is, hey, we want to play 26 times a year. Mm. You know, they want to make. They want to play 26 events a year, and they want to make a lot of money playing those 26 events. So that's kind of their mentality is, hey, you have to you have to buy your way into our affections.
0: The schedule is always in flux, it seems, with the PGA Tour, especially with recent changes, COVID and then Live Tour uh, coming along. Uh, it seems as though the 3M Open has settled in at the week uh, after uh, the British, and that costs them some players, doesn't it?
1: It does, and Hollis does whatever he can. He's willing to charter a flight to fly people directly from the British to Minnesota if they want to do that. Um, it just, it's just—it's just an awkward tournament. Mm-hmm. I think we said the other day it's uh, no, you know, none of the great players, none of the prominent players live in Minnesota. Closest we have is—is uh, is, uh, oh my God, how did I just blank on his name? Uh, Tom, uh, uh, oh, the guy from North Dakota. Uh, uh blanked on uh, 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 Yeah, Hoagie, Tom Hoagie. Yep mm-hmm. uh, He's from North Dakota, but he lives in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and he spends his free time in Vegas. Uh, there's nobody who really has a natural connection to Minnesota who wants to just come to Minnesota in the middle of the summer. So it's House Cavenor begging. It's some. It's it's the tournament fitting well in some schedules. Um, it's an opportunity for some lesser players to make some money. Uh, but they don't really have a great draw for the big time PGA top, you know, top 20 player uh, unless they get their hooks on them early and they'd learn that they like to come here like Tony Fennett, you know? Yeah.
0: Make him a, 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 uh, an honorary Minnesotan. Maybe that would, yes. uh, that would help. Uh, you know, so some of the top players have been talking to the media this week since the Senate hearings were underway. There's more details uh, that have come out about what was in that uh, uh, understanding and basically uh, that they have and, Interesting that both Scottie Scheffler, Scheffler and uh, uh, Jordan Spieth express some distrust now in the PGA Tour leadership, kind of rightfully so.
1: Yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm I'm anti Live, but I can't make any defense of Monahan the way he's behaved or how he's handled this. Um, and he did he basically begged the the top players to stay with the PGA Tour, and then he ended up <laughs> Live anyway. After denying, after trying to get them not to go take live money, he ended up taking basically taking the live money or or, or buying into live. So uh, there, there, it, this is no way for him to look good. I don't think there's any real way for him to survive this. Um, I don't still don't know if this thing's going to go through. Uh, there are just so many awful uh, ramifications of this deal. I you know I just I almost wish somebody out there would just kind of ride to the rescue and say, okay, you know what, I can. I can invent a tour um, that'll be American-based, it will be American-funded, and we'll pay a lot of money, and we'll play all the great... You know, I, I wish there was some miracle cure out there. I don't know what it is, though, at this point.
0: Yeah, who else is sitting on $700 billion that could step in and
1: help out? Well, you know, if, if Elon nice. Musk... Had, if, if Elon Musk... That's another thing Elon yeah. Musk could have done with his money. Instead of ruining sure. Twitter and Tesla, he could he have done this. But uh, <laughs> I don't think he can... He can't get these people to listen to him enough to want to work with him.
0: Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at five. Sports at Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.